Hello there, welcome back. We're glad you're with us. This is your first time connecting. We send you a special hello and kindly invite you to send us a note so we know who you are. We like connecting with you all in some way and we would love to pray for any needs you might have. Speaking of prayer, I would encourage all of you to pray for the folks in Nicaragua. I know I've mentioned this before. But there are many people there going through a very tough time. Some of our subscribers have family and friends in Nicaragua and they have shared with us that there is much persecution, including Christian persecution and hardship being inflicted by the folks in government. We have received prayer requests for some young people that are in very critical state. There is a young man who got shot twice in the head that is barely surviving and they are unable to get him any medical attention. So please, let's lift this nation up in prayer. The best way to deal with any kind of worldly force is through the power of prayer. Prayer can change things. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, I praise you and I worship you as always, O oh Lord, and I pray that you please forgive my sins. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, O oh Lord, that you, um, that you help these people, Lord God, in, in Nicaragua and what they're going through. Heavenly Father, there's a lot of turmoil, there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of suffering that's happening, Lord. There are a lot of unfair things that are happening. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for your mercy, we pray for your grace. Lord God, your word teaches us that we should even pray for our enemies, Lord. So we pray for this government and we pray for these people that are inflicting this harm. Heavenly Father, that you may touch their hearts that you may help them to understand what they're doing, that what they're doing is not right. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for your peace. We pray for, Lord God, that your gospel may flourish in this place. We pray for the people, again, that are suffering, that are going through hardship, Lord God. Heavenly Father, we even pray for this young man that is just hanging on by a thread. Heavenly Father, we know that he is a believer also. Please have mercy on him, on his family, Lord God. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, now I pray that you uh, guide us through your word, through your Holy Spirit, that you help us to understand, that you touch our hearts, that you, Heavenly Father, help us to continue understanding what you want us to learn, what you want us to understand. Lord God, minister to us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today we're going to be looking at the problem with complaining. Complaining is not a good thing, especially complaining against God. Today's scripture reading can be found in the book of Numbers, chapter 14, verse 26 to 38. If you're following along, again, it's Numbers, chapter 14, verse 26 to 38. And it says like this, And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation who complain against me? I have heard the complaints which the children of Israel make against me. Say to them, As I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. The carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in this wilderness. All of you who were numbered, according to your entire number, from twenty years old and above, except for Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun, you shall by no means enter the land which I swore I would make you dwell in. But your little ones, whom you said would be victims, I will bring in. And they shall know the land which you have despised. 
But as for you, your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness, and your sons shall be shepherds in the wilderness forty years, and bear the brunt of your infidelity, until your carcasses are consumed in the wilderness. According to the number of the days in which you spied out the land, forty days, for each day you shall bear your guilt one year, namely forty years, and you shall know my rejection. I, the Lord, have spoken this. I will surely do so to all this evil congregation who are gathered together against me. In this wilderness they shall be consumed, and they shall die. Now the men whom Moses sent to spy out the land, who returned and made all of the congregation complain against him by bringing a bad report of the land, those very men who brought the evil report about the land died by the plague before the Lord. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, remained alive of the men who went to spy out the land. How many of you deal with complaining? Now, I'm not talking about you complaining, just to be clear, but rather turning the tables here a bit. Do you like being complained against? Do you like being second-guessed? Do you like being treated like you don't know what you're doing? Okay, how about this? Do you like the idea of someone complaining against you when you have gone out of your way to either help or please them? I don't think any of us would like that, right? I certainly don't like being the focus of negative commentary, especially if I have put some effort in helping someone. There's that saying, no good deed goes unpunished. Sometimes that is true. Well, if we don't like to be on the receiving end of negativity, I'm sure we can all understand that God doesn't like it very much either especially considering that he is perfect and that he has done incredible things for us that go way beyond the imagination. As a testament to what God has done for us, and I'm sure you're all aware, I don't think it is part of anyone's human nature, no matter how good and special they think they are, that they would do something like sacrifice their own life to save their enemies' lives, like Jesus did for us. We read today about how the first generation of Israelites that left Egypt behaved or treated God, those that were freed from the hand of Pharaoh through the work of God's miracles. God clearly went out of his way, if you will, to free these folks. He did many miracles for them. He even parted the sea so they could escape from being trampled and slaughtered by Egypt's army. The Bible teaches us that God fed them while in the desert, that manna actually fell from the sky. He also fed them meat when they complained about the manna. He guided them through the desert and gave them the promise of acquiring a fruitful and good land, living in homes they didn't build and eating from plantations and gardens that they did not plant nor cultivate. They were going to receive the promised land. But as we read, even God has a limit. God could not tolerate their terrible attitude, their ungratefulness, and so on. If you read the various passages that cover their story, the majority of the people were quite unruly, ungrateful, sought after evil things, and basically complained about everything. There was no pleasing them. God was never enough for them. He could never do enough for them. It was a very bad situation. Now, why would God feel the way he did? Although it is very logical... Well, in their complaining, the first thing we could see is that they were ungrateful. Let's dig in a little bit. These people were slaves in Egypt. All of those fancy pyramids and ancient buildings in Egypt, yes, 
Many of those were built by the Israelites. They didn't get paid. They were beaten, tortured, and killed while doing it. So they worked more than a 40-hour work week. They worked seven days a week from sunrise to sundown and then some. There were no breaks. They didn't have any benefits like sick days or vacation time or personal time. They didn't have a retirement plan, an annuity, or a pension plan. They had no dental or health insurance. When Moses was born, in order to try to kill the deliverer that was prophesied, Pharaoh made an edict to kill all newborn babies, which he did. Basically, they had a horrible life, without a light at the end of the tunnel. Their only hope was to die. So, Outside of being completely ungrateful, they treated God like if he didn't know what he was doing. They always said that they were better off in Egypt than when they were at the time. Really? They were better off in Egypt? And in their ungratefulness and treating God like he didn't know what he was doing, there was an inherent sense of disrespect. They disrespected God. They did not honor him. Now, You might say, regarding the Israelites' judgment, well, those people had it coming. Some of you might say that. Before you pass judgment, think for a little bit. Have you ever complained against God? Now be honest. You might think that because you didn't do it directly, that it's not the same. But complaining about your circumstances, about when things don't go your way, at the end of the day, complaining is complaining. And if we understand that nothing happens with a God say so, then anything you complain about, you are complaining against God. And I'm sure we have all had our moments. And even though we may have all done it, that of course does not make it right, for the reasons we said before. When we complain, we are being ungrateful with God. We are second-guessing Him. We are ultimately looking down at Him, and that is a big no-no. The Bible teaches us that God allowed for many things to be noted in His Word so we could have an example. We read this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 where it says, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers, speaking of Israel, were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with most of them, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things became our examples, to the intent that we should not lust after evil things, as they also lusted, and do not become idolaters, as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play, Nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did, and in one day 23,000 fell. Nor let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. Nor complain as some of them complained also and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. This is one of the greatest benefits of the Bible, that everything historical in it is there to show us what people did and what happened with them. And in God's word, there are all kinds of examples. 
people that did what was good before the eyes of God, and of course people that did not do what pleases God, and what finally happened with them. So we need to learn about all of this, and we should try to get things right, starting by not complaining. We need to remember the golden rule that applies everywhere. Do unto others as you would have them do to you. So, if we don't like being complained against and being treated unfairly, then we shouldn't treat God that way either. We need to remember who God is, that He knows what He's doing, even though we may not understand or like what is happening at the moment. So, one way on how to change this attitude of complaining is by changing our way of thinking through the Word of God. God's Word is the only thing that can help us make sense out of everything. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, we need to change our mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The other thing to bear in mind is that God is looking to use everything for our own good, even those things that may seem unpleasant or incomprehensible at the time. Romans chapter 8 verse 28 says this, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. So by this, we understand that if we love God, absolutely everything will work together for good, no exceptions. And finally, thanksgiving or having a thankful heart by understanding that God is working things out in your best interest is the magic bullet that does away with this complaining thing. The Bible teaches us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So as difficult as it may be, rejoice in whatever your circumstance might be. Think about the truth, that God knows what He's doing, and He loves you. Always talk to Him through prayer as much as you can. If you need to let out your feelings, do it with Him. But never lose grip on reality that you are talking to the Almighty. And give thanks in everything. So as crazy as it sounds, if something turns out good, give thanks. If something doesn't turn out well, give thanks also. If it's a sunny, beautiful day, give thanks. If it's a snowy and you know rainy day, then thank God for it as well. If everything is running smoothly, thank God for that. If it's a fun-filled day, we say that sarcastically, give thanks also. I think you get the picture. Just be thankful to the Lord no matter what is happening. So, stay focused on the Lord through any circumstance you might be going through. The Lord wants great and awesome things for you, both here and now, and even more importantly, later on. He loves you. Don't let Satan convince you of something else. God wants good for you, and Satan wants to destroy you. So, stop your complaining, quit while you're ahead, and start thanking God for everything, even if it's something you don't really like what you're going through. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I want to give you thanks. I want to give you thanks for the good, and for the things that don't seem good. Heavenly Father, help us, O Lord, to be thankful always. Because, Lord, help us to be convinced 
that you love us, and that you want to do the best for us. And Lord God, the your best for us may not seem pleasant at the time for us. But Lord God, help us to understand that we're not seeing the entire picture. Help us understand that there is a bigger picture, that there is something greater out there that you are trying to work for our benefit. And Heavenly Father, help us to keep this in mind so that we can be thankful. And that you're not only working for our benefit, but you're working for everyone's benefit. Lord God, because at the end of the day, first and foremost, you want everyone to come to your saving grace, to the knowledge of salvation. And Heavenly Father, you also want to do great things in each person's life. And Lord God, sometimes in order to be able to accomplish those things, sometimes you need to allow for difficult things to happen in each of our lives. Things that we may not necessarily like at the moment. But Lord, help us understand that you have your purposes. You have your reasons. You have your whys. And no one knows more than you. Heavenly Father, again, help us to be thankful. Help us to know how to be thankful. And help us to always remember the truth that you love us no matter what. I give you thanks for your goodness and your mercy. I pray for each person that is listening, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, especially for those that are going through a tough time right now. Whatever it is, Lord God, help them to understand that it's just for now and that you are trying to do something better and greater than they can imagine with their circumstance. Heavenly Father, but I pray, Lord God, for your peace, that it may overwhelm them, Lord God, that it may help them, Heavenly Father, to see things through. And Lord God, help them that for their faith to continue to increase, to know that you are God, that you are in control, and that you ultimately want the best for them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, may the Lord bless you. Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world.